Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Welcome to Millennial 634. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And we're joined by our old friend Micah this week. Hello, Micah. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Laura. Hello, Welcome Pam. back. Thanks. Micah started on Millennial early on, right? You were on the first few episodes, and then you're like, mm, this show isn't for me. These guys are weird. And now Micah wants to come back all the time, which, of course, we welcome. Well, but I feel like, Micah, you might have some regrets. Maybe a few. About the show. Wow, Andrew, way to call him out. Seriously. <laughs> you know, I, I, Sorry, I think back I on those earlier millennial days, and I say to myself, now looking back on it, like, why didn't I just keep with it? Oh, wow. But then I showed up on time, and two of the hosts weren't on time today. So I was like, now I know why <laughs> I didn't why. do it. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome to my Maybe every week. Maybe you'll be replacing us soon because <laughs> Laura and I can't get our shit together. <laughs> I didn't say anybody's name. Process of elimination. But Seriously. I will say, I think that one of your last episodes might have been the one that was titled Japanese Penis Festival. So <laughs> I might have had something to do with you being like, you know what? I don't think my professional career can survive this show. <laughs> Well, joke's on Micah, because actually this week we are going to talk about penis. We can jump straight into it. Has anyone here else seen Captain America's penis? No. What? Chris Evans accidentally posted his dick to his Instagram story. And it's just really funny because he screenshotted his camera roll. And one of like one of the like 12 photos was presumably his dick. I don't know who's, whose dick it would be other than his. Unless he secretly likes guys, which of course that would be very exciting news. Um, one of I couldn't find the picture online. Pat was trying to find it. He was like, "Help me find it." I tried to look. I could only find the censored version. Then my friend sent me it. I don't know how he got it so quickly. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to go looking for it. And I really appreciate. I just want to like sidetrack here for a moment and say I appreciate how Chris Evans stands have really tried to flood those hashtags that exist on Twitter with like cute pictures of Chris Evans with puppies and things like that. Like these are the pictures of Captain America you need to see. I think that's great. I think that's really nice. And I wish that that was the way that we treated all people who had nudes (laughs) leaked. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. I see what you're Um, saying. But no. So my other question, and this was my first response. Why? Are dudes so obsessed with their dicks? Like, why? Like, what is it about them <laughs> that makes y'all want to go, let me take a picture of this? Don't you think if that is his, don't you think he wanted to share it with a lady? Like so many people want to do. I, that's, but, that's all that's going on, I think. Then I guess a better question would be, why are men so obsessed with sending unsolicited pictures of their penises? Because I'm sure that every woman listening has probably had to deal with that at some point. 
that's a yeah, that's a real problem. Hopefully that's not what Chris Evans is doing. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. No, but, I don't know. think he is. But I just I think that there is an overinflated, no pun intended, sense <laughs> of like romantic partners wanting to get dick pics. You know what I mean? Like I just there's not much that I can say about penises that makes me want to be like, oh, God, I really want to see one of those in my messages. Like, I think it turns the guy on knowing that he's sending the photo. Yeah. Well, then it's about them, not the partner. Oh, what's this? I'm seeing on Zoom. Micah has left the conversation. <laughs> we lost them again. No. No. So in the Discord, Katie is bringing up a perfect point, And I agree 100%. Katie says, look, I love dicks but I don't want to see pictures of them. Um, I, think, I think gays would disagree with you. I think gays like looking at pictures of dicks. And if the ladies don't, hey, that's cool. I'm sure there are plenty of gays who don't want to either. I mean, um, I can't speak for everyone. I just wanted to be immature and, and comment on the fact that Chris Evans's dick pic allegedly leaked. It was also in black and white, which is interesting. Like, why was the photo oh, in black and white? Why did he add a... It was artistic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, was it from I like totally an angle? I missed this because <laughs> I just looked at the, the opening of the of the show notes. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about Trump and his horrific comments to Bob Woodward, the new eligibility requirements for best picture contenders at the Oscar, hyper-masculinity in sports, and then there it is, Captain America's dick. Maybe that's what he's going to use as his weapon in the next movie. Maybe, maybe. It looks like a pretty powerful weapon, so I could see that working. Um, also in his camera ro- role was this photo of him, and at the bottom <laughs> it says guard, period, that, period, pussy. <laughs> guard that pussy. Because <laughs> he's Captain America, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I but- did. I saw that, because that's obviously... Anytime you look up Chris Evans right now, that's what comes up. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I wheezed a little bit. I was just like, okay, Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, the memes you know, coming out of that were pretty gold. You know that he saw that meme and he like saved it and then sent it to all his Marvel friends or something. I just love thinking <laughs> about what he did with that. Guard that pussy. Uh, anyway. You know what, though? That's America's dick. Exactly. And it's a pretty impressive one, too. Well, thanks for the spoiler. Yeah, no problem. I'll send you the pick later if you want. No. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Pam, how about you? Do you want to see it or no? I'm I'm good. I think we should respect his privacy. Okay. I agree. That's, yeah. yeah. No, we'll that's, take that's... your word for it, though. You, you know, you've seen it. It's like Laura and I have seen it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm sure many people are wondering how I would grade it, and I would definitely give it a 9 out of 10. I would give it a perfect score, but... I didn't see the whole thing. It's like coming through his pants. Anyway. um, How does it compare to Thor? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk about the story at the top of the show because it actually relates to Trumpster Fire and the Rona Roundup. A dentist wrote a piece for the New York Times this week in which she said there's been she's been seeing many more people come into her office reporting tooth fractures, normally three to four per day. But she says bad days, she's seeing as many as six per day. And she says the causes are increased stress, working from home and sitting in awkward positions when poor posture during the day can turn into a grinding problem at night. I didn't know that. And less restorative sleep due to increased restlessness and insomnia. I wanted to talk about this because I think a lot of people have this problem. I have had this problem. My dentist about a year ago noticed there were some signs of some wear on my teeth, and they actually recommended that I get a night guard. So I do wear that most nights. It's a little cumbersome, 
when I'm drunk, I don't normally put it in just because I can't be bothered to have that extra thing in my mouth all night. That's what she said. She also offered some solutions as well. Being aware that you're doing it is key. I was doing it a lot, I think, before my dentist talked to me about it. Um, So being aware means you can stop yourself, get a mouth guard, and set up a proper workstation. Laura, you've had this problem too, right? Yeah, so I didn't even realize it was a problem until earlier on in quarantine when I randomly had a filling pop out, like a filling I'd had for easily a decade. So I was already kind of old, but you know, it didn't feel like there was anything strange going on with it. And I went to the dentist and they were like, oh, yeah, this is from grinding your teeth. Like you applied so much pressure to it that the whole filling just came out intact. Mm, And they were like, you need to get a mouth guard. And I was like, great, I'll come back for a fitting. And then my dentist's office closed indefinitely because of the pandemic. Oh, that fitting was the biggest pain in the ass. I've been grinding my teeth forever, and I never got a professional mold fitting or anything. The dentist just told me to go out and get, you know, basically like a create your own mold kit because you can do that. So if you're worried about it, you can definitely make your own um, night guard. It's pretty easy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like 20 bucks for a kit, and you heat the thing up and then put it in your mouth and bite down, and that's it. I thought they were just trying to upsell me. I didn't really believe them at first. But then I started thinking about it after they told me. I was like, you know what? I think I do grind my teeth a lot during the day. And if I do it during the day, I'm definitely doing it at night. Do you not notice like the change in your teeth? Maybe I'm just like a like I I had like an extreme grinding problem before, but I have like no canines. Really? Yeah. Like my everyone's always like your teeth are so straight. It's because I ground my teeth a lot when I was in high school and nobody told me until I got a new dentist at like 18 they were like you know you grind your teeth right and you've probably been doing it for a while Mm -hmm. even if you grind your teeth you might not realize it's a problem because you might be like I'm not actually wearing down my teeth am I yeah slowly you you are though right right anyway just something to be aware of y'all for sure so On today's episode, we are going to go through the Rona Roundup and Trumpster Fire. We have a couple of very interesting things to talk about. Later in the show, we are going to talk about the new eligibility requirements for Best Picture Contenders at the Oscars and hyper-masculinity in sports. Micah saw a story that he wanted to touch on. Let's jump into the Rona Roundup first. I've come to hate this it theme. Was, I really <laughs> have come to hate I, it. I was going to ask you if you had Why? music for this, and I'm glad you do. It's too sad. It's too sad, Laura. That's why. Okay. But maybe well, we just it. don't need a theme at all. Yeah, do you like that's it? true. You did pick it. No, I, I know. You need well, some music, though. You, it needs to be a little bit more yeah. upbeat, though. But the coronavirus is so sad. That's the problem. Let's check in with a no-mask rally in Utah to kick things off. Oh, Jesus. A passionate call for action Friday morning in St. George. Several police officers on standby as many locals called concerns about coronavirus spikes 
overblown. The flu kills more than coronavirus. Thank Others you for your the virus a hoax or stating that asymptomatic carriers simply do not exist and they cannot be forced to wear masks anywhere as citizens of the United States. If we want to wear a mask, that's fine. We can take care of ourselves. Some rally attendees say they shouldn't ever wear masks if they have any medical issues or mental health concerns or if they feel they simply can't breathe. When George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, and then he died, and now we're wearing a mask, and we say, I can't breathe, but we're being forced to wear it anyway. But many say that they believe in all cases, masks jeopardize kids' health. Parents are demanding they have the right to decide what to do with their children. I'll tell you another reason I hate masks. Most child molesters love them. School administrators responding <laughs> that they don't understand why crowds are protesting them based on a mandate given by the governor. That's so embarrassing. I know. I was about to say, we need another plague. But then then I was like, oh, we're already here. And the George Floyd comparison, like, holy shit. That's so ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, you could see the moment where she realized her point was not going to arrive at the station, as it were. And she just lamely finishes out like, so yeah, same thing. Yeah. Wow. So that was in St. George, Utah. Utah, beautiful state, but a lot of horrible people. This is a serious thing. And and I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about this on the show, but this is real. It's not something that we're just making up and and talking about and and the media is just talking about. Like, that's what bothers me. These, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to watch. I feel dumber for having watched that video. I know. But, but then Every the old lady new- came in with a child molester comment and I felt a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why I felt better. I, I just, maybe I felt like I could finally laugh, <laughs> but it's not really yes. something you well, want to laugh at. Well, that's some QAnon shit. Meanwhile, Nevada and a couple of other states, but not many, they've launched a COVID contact tracing app. Mm. And I signed up for this last week. My problem is it's useless unless everyone's using it because- Quote from this article I found, the success of the app will largely depend on how many people download it, as it cannot perform its contact tracing functions unless both the person who tests positive for COVID and the person who is exposed to COVID have the app downloaded on their phones before the exposure occurs. So if someone is using it and they test positive, they then go into the app and report that they've tested positive that anyone who's come come into contact with this person who is also using the app will be notified. That's helpful, but how many people are actually going to download the app? Yeah, that's a lot of what ifs. Um, And, you know, to a larger extent, you could make this same argument about the vaccine. Like we want, obviously, we're very pro-vaccine here on the show, but if we get, you know, a vaccine that works... It's going to be highly dependent on people going out and getting it. And if we don't do that in large numbers, then we're not going to have the herd immunity that we need. The good news there is that the president will encourage people to take the vaccine, even Donald Trump. So at least he'll be encouraging people taking that, unlike um, his lack of encouraging people to wear masks. So did they use this app at his rally the other day in Nevada? Speaking of. Oh, my gosh. Were you there? Did you go? Yes, Micah. I went to the Trump rally. No, of course I didn't go to the Trump rally. Also, I saw, and I thought this was pretty cool, a clear face mask has been cleared by the FDA. And this got on my radar because some Apple employees will start using them at stores. And 
of course, this is re- really important for deaf people because it they need to be able to see the way somebody's lips are moving. But also, it's important for everyone, I think, because how hard is it? Is it just me or is it so hard to it's become harder to understand what people are saying while they wear a mask and not just because it's covered up and it's harder to actually hear them, but you don't realize how much you use somebody's lip movements to understand what they're saying until you can't anymore. Right. I notice it mostly at Mm -hmm. like at the grocery store, for example, because out here they have the clear barriers as well in front of the check stand. So between the clear barrier and then, both people wearing masks it's just really hard to hear mm. what they're trying to say to you and and bless the some of the people that are working at the grocery store i go to because they're still trying to have like conversations with people in the check stand so they're always like yeah how are you doing are you staying safe i'm like i can't hear you i'm sorry and then what happens is you kind of look or you move your head around the glass so you actually yeah, exactly. can hear them and then the right. glass becomes useless <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's also broken <laughs> But I have to do it. I have to get in their face because they will not screw up that in and out order. I need them to get it right for me. At the expense of COVID. Yeah. Come on, Andrew. It's not really <laughs> worth it, is it? Oh, come on. But everybody looks around the glass. Don't you guys look around the glass to hear somebody no. better? Then what do you do? Sign language? No, I just ask them to repeat themselves. Uh, I just should start pay and that. leave. <laughs> yeah, Mike is in New York. Mike doesn't talk. It's like, we don't I talk don't to each other. They probably don't talk to you over there either. <laughs> The clerk tries to talk to Micah. Micah just stares at them blankly and then walks away. I just take it. I don't even pay sometimes. Micah, you live in the New York area, right? But you haven't stepped foot in Manhattan since March? No, I haven't been there in six months, which is crazy to think about. But uh, Right. You're a lifelong New Yorker. Yeah. Would travel into the city every day. Yeah. I think there's a lot you miss about it. I mean, people would always complain about just the craziness of New York, right? You have so many people walking up and down the street, you know, trying to not be in each other's way, but you're in each other's way. You know, you're trying to get the subway, you're trying to get the train, you're trying to get a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft. Like, but I think that's the allure of the city. And it's got to, it certainly has to be strange for people who live in Manhattan to just not have that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hustle and bustle that they're so accustomed to. I think it's slowly starting to come back though. I think New York, under the leadership of Governor Cuomo, has done a tremendous job and just in terms of keeping that um, infection rate down um, and, and doing things as best they can. Nobody's saying it's being done 100% the right way, but I think if you look to his leadership, um, you know things are have been relatively good for at least the last couple of months uh, by comparison. Yeah, exactly. They're doing better than probably almost anybody because not only did they stomp the curve, but you know it came down and it has stayed down. Every other city, you saw it start to go down and then come back up again, whereas New York has kept it low. And it's stunning when you think about how many people are in New York and how close everybody is to each other. Yeah. But I think it's just more evidence that masks work really well. Well, and I, I think there's despite what you think of New York, a a strong sense of community uh, and people looking out for each other. Now, not everybody is going to, but I think, like you said, when you live in that close proximity to other people, there's um, a real desire to make sure that you don't get the person next to you sick because it could bounce right back onto you. And, uh, you know, to your point though, about what the governor has done in terms of keeping the 
like the numbers down, he instituted as of yesterday, or actually it's as of today, today's Monday, a $50 fine for not wearing a mask on any of um, mass Good. transportation. So subway, buses, things like that, if you're caught without a mask. Now, I don't know how you enforce that across the tri-state area. That's tough to enforce, but you are subject to a $50 fine if you're not wearing a mask. So some places take it wow. seriously, some places don't. As we saw in Utah. Child molesters are going to love that. Laura, <laughs> how's your vaccination trial going? Yeah. So about that, uh, right after we recorded last week's episode in which I announced that I had signed up for the AstraZeneca vaccine trial for their phase three trials, uh, it was announced that they delayed those trials as a result of um, a participant experiencing, quote, a potential serious adverse reaction. Um, so yeah, that's sort of like on hold on the back burner in the mm -hmm. meantime. Um, Micah, but apparently you it's have, normal huh? procedure, right? This is you know yes. this type of thing happens. It doesn't mean there's no chance of a vaccine now or anything. No, 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 not at all. I mean, if you there's actually um, a really great article um, in which the WHO explains like this is just a normal part of um, vaccine trials. Um, so if somebody has any kind of potential reaction, we will pump the brakes and figure that out before we resume. So it's not like this is any different than any other trial. I think that it's um, just a little disappointing to many of us who are hoping for a vaccine as soon as is safely possible. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Um, Trump just wants a vaccine. I think he would let them inject us all with saline. Oh, it doesn't and tell matter. Us it was, yeah, tell us it was a vaccine if they were able to do it. It doesn't matter as long as Trump gets a vaccine out before Election Day. I don't think that's happening. Um, yeah. But, you know, he can dream. Mm -hmm. um, but, Micah, I wanted to ask you, because I talked about this on the show last week, how I had signed up for the vaccine trial. Is this something that you would ever do? That's a good question. Only because I know it, it's obviously it's personal for everybody and there's a lot of different beliefs that go into it um, in certain cases. Uh, but I, it's tough because I, especially if you don't know with 100% certainty that it's going to work. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Micah, Micah wouldn't do it. Not a trial. The strongest I, mean, one I don't here. think so. Not especially, yeah, for something as new as this. I don't know. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You alone, don't know Micah. what the most adverse effects could potentially be. I yeah no. I yeah, agree. most people wouldn't do it. I don't. I don't like that Laura's doing it either. But she's an American <laughs> hero. Well, if I don't even her. know. Can if, we get you the no, medal. No, I don't even know if they're going to pick me. The Nobel Peace <laughs> Prize, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well. We know that the vaccine will help, obviously, but in recent days, Dr. Fauci has cautioned that it could actually be the end of 2021 before life returns to something resembling pre-COVID times or like what I like to call BC before COVID. Um, so I wanted to just take a moment to observe, like we're six months in, if we could really be looking at another year and a half of this, how well do we think our resolve is going to hold up. I mean, I know we have sort of varying ideas about what we feel safe and comfortable doing. Do we see that evolving between now and the end of 2021? A lot more cracked teeth. 
for me, it comes down to the daily number of new cases every day. Now, I know not all cases are truly being reported because some people are asymptomatic. But if daily cases continue to fall in the area that you are in, I'm going to become more and more comfortable with doing, quote unquote, normal things. The other issue, though, is that a lot of normal things are not going to return, like concerts, say. There's probably no chance of that happening until the middle of 2021 at best. I tend to think that a lot of it will depend on what happens in November. If you do have a change in administration, you're talking about Biden and Harris getting into office in January and then it being at least six months probably before you see any meaningful change uh, in terms of those numbers. I, I honestly don't believe the numbers will start to go back in the other direction if you continue to have Trump as president because he just doesn't care enough about the coronavirus. He doesn't take it seriously. Oh, yeah. This event you mentioned in Nevada, it was an indoor event. Mm-hmm. Masks were not required, even though according to state guidelines, they are supposed to be. And also according to Nevada guidelines, you can only have gatherings of no more than 50 people. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, hundreds or thousands there in an indoor venue. How does that even work? Do they, does his team have to pay a fine then? Like it, that's crazy. Apparently, to me. the owner of the building is going to get fined $3,000. Okay. Big whoop. That's, that's and like it's a friend nothing. of Trump's. Right. Yeah, that's nothing. And they're going to launch a GoFundMe and they're going to make like $100,000 to pay that $3,000 fine because Trump supporters will be so mad that they got fined. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the effects of his indoor rallies. Just look at, unfortunately, what happened to Herman Cain following the rally in Tulsa. And mm-hmm. he wasn't the only one who was infected. Uh, as a result. So the the fact that our president continues to adopt these practices, which are completely contrary to what most health officials say, shows me that he cares nothing about the almost 200,000 people who have lost their lives up until this point. And he will care nothing about those that lose their lives in the next several months to a year. So that's why I think the only way things are going to change is if you have a change in office. Yeah. By by the way, one way the right has been spinning these rallies is by calling them protests. There were signs at the Trump rally calling calling themselves peaceful protesters. What exactly are you protesting? You're going to a Trump rally. You're not protesting anything. They're just trying to turn around what the left has been doing, protesting all the injustices going on in this country this year. And saying, oh, well, we're protesting too, but we're not looting, so we're better than you. It's all so fucked up. I saw a comment from somebody on Twitter describing Trump as pro-COVID. That sat with me. He really is encouraging the spread of the virus. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I I agree with Micah. I think that, you know, this election is not just about Trump. And, you know, it's not just about putting in well putting an end to his particular legacy but it's also about you know how do you want to see the rest of this pandemic unfold um my fondest hope is that president biden goes in on day 1 and is like all right shutting the shit down shut it all down for 4 weeks y'all stay home we're going to send out the same stimulus checks that we sent last summer to everyone And, you know, $1,200 actually is more helpful over a period of four weeks than it is over a period of six months. Mm -hmm. 
So there we could actually see some amount of impact. But And I liked your point a couple months ago um, that if Joe Biden shut the country down at the start of his term, everybody would forget by 2024. So anybody yes. who's bitching about it at the start would not care by 2024 for the next election. Or they might, but a story like that is not going to, it's not going to like build that much traction that long after it happens. I mean, think about yeah. all the shit that we were outraged at Trump about that even happened just earlier this year that we're not even talking about anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of comments that Trump made earlier this year, we have to discuss what he said to Bob Woodward for Bob's new book. And we're going to get to that. But first, as we await a vaccine, we need to stay away from people. We need to stay in our homes. We need to not go to indoor businesses and be near strangers who who could very well be carrying the virus. But you know what? We still need to mail things. And luckily, there's Stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small businesses have discovered the benefits of Stamps.com in recent months, and you really should too. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from their computers. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office, and you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. I'm a good 20 minutes away from the nearest post office, and it's on the other side of two highways, so no thank you. I don't want to drive there during the middle of the day. I don't need the hassle of getting over there. I'm using Stamps.com to print postage right at home and pop it in my neighborhood's outgoing mailbox. It's done. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home or office. Whether you're a small business, sending invoices, an online seller, shipping out products, or just working from home and you need to mail some stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. It is that simple. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is just a no-brainer. You have to be using it. It is so nice. It saves you time and money. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's Stamps.com. Enter M-I-L-L. Okay, now let's turn to Trumpster Fire. This sound effect I like. It's cinematic. It's short. It's wild. Do you like that one, Micah? What's that face? Not, not for this. What? It's the Wild West. You need like, you need like America, like pumping through, like <laughs> star-spangled bullshit. Like I don't know what. But <laughs> star -spangled we need something. Bullshit. We need to write the Space Force theme song. That's what we need. <laughs> Okay, so we found out over the past week, and this was the biggest story, Trump knew as early as February that COVID-19 was some serious shit. Let's listen to this taped conversation between Bob Woodward and Donald Trump. And so what was uh, President Xi saying yesterday? Well, we were talking mostly about the, uh, the virus 
and I think he's going to have it in good shape. But you know, it's a very tricky situation. It's uh, it goes it, it goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. You know, people don't realize we lose 25,000, 30,000 people a year here. Who, who would ever think that, right? I know. It's I mean, much for not you. And um, then I say, well, is that the same thing? For, this is uh, more for deadly. This is five per, you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. So somebody better <sighs> tell that kid. Play that tape for that kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. So he's talking about it being worse than the flu. He's talking about it traveling through the air. He's talking about how dangerous it is. And remember, this is back in February. And then in another interview in March, he admitted he was purposely downplaying the virus. He said, quote, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create a panic, which is hilarious coming from the Joe Biden is uh, coming for your suburbs guy. Um. And what's so striking about this and the reason why this was such a big deal is because through all of this, Trump has been encouraging the country to reopen, downplaying the importance of masks, not wearing a mask himself, making fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask, still holding indoor rallies like that one I mentioned in Vegas over the weekend. And he knows how dangerous it is. He's pro-COVID. I think he was just quietly hoping that like every other thing he fucks up it would just sort of go away unfortunately not how mm-hmm. viruses work yeah well, one of the things i wanted to ask about is when he's talking about the fact that he wanted to play it down and he didn't want to create a panic look at any other world leader they weren't concerned about playing it down or creating a panic because they trusted their citizens wouldn't react in the way that we're reacting here in this country, but we're reacting the way that we're reacting because of failed leadership. And I, I like, what, what is it that he thinks would happen in America if he just told the truth? Like, does he think that Americans are stupid and they would just, there'd be mass hysteria? I mean, that was the outcome anyway as a result of the action that he chose to take or not to take. like I think what so, it comes down to is he was afraid of what it would do to the economy. The economy was great the first couple of years, not just the stock market, but the rest of the economy, good jobs numbers, you know, everything was looking good. And by creating hmm. this panic, people would start to stay indoors. People would, you know, people would lose jobs. The stock market would tumble. He didn't want any of that to happen. But, I mean, to your point, Micah, about other world leaders, the other world leaders actually wanted to protect their people. He does not give a shit if people live or die. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, his friend Herman Cain, like one of you mentioned, he dies at a, he dies of COVID-19 weeks after he's at an indoor Trump rally, and Trump is still holding these indoor rallies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's because he didn't care about Herman Cain, just like he doesn't care about anybody else. Um, I would argue that part of this is because he really missed the boat in January when the World Health Organization offered the U.S. testing and he turned it down. And I think 
after that point, it just became a snowball effect until February when it was really the point of no return. I mean, that that train had already left the station and the rest of the world was on it without us. So all he had left was to cling to hope that this would actually not be as big of a deal that it turned out to Mm be. Agreed. Something that's been pissing me off is people have been saying, oh, Bob Woodward, he sucks for sitting on this info. What difference would it have made if he shared this back in February or March? Would Donald Trump have been like, oh, you know what, guys, my bad. I'm not taking it seriously. I'm going to start taking it seriously. It's actually better that this information was released now, right before the election, because this is horrible that he's on tape saying this, right? Or do you guys feel Bob shouldn't have sat on it? Well, here's the my whole thing is like, no, it was not a secret that this was a huge global issue by the time it came here, you know? So like, we all knew that he was lying through his teeth when he was getting on TV and saying, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's just unfortunate because now you have a huge chunk of the population out here who will believe anything he spoon feeds them and they're still not following the rules. And I think that that that's like the I think that that's like the worst part about him downplaying it. Honestly, I would just say the one damning piece for him now, though, is that it's actually him saying this versus you just going out there and and trying to downplay things. He's actually recorded saying that he knew how bad this was going to be and he chose to essentially downplay the entire thing. I mean, I think we were talking about this over the weekend before we recorded MuggleCast because this broke right around that time and it was it reminds me it's very reminiscent of when he was campaigning back in 2016 and he said literally that he could shoot somebody in the middle of 5th Avenue and nothing would happen to him. And I and I, this is just yet another example of that. Like he just continues to do and say any other elected official would have been removed from office for this without question. Democrat, Republican, independent, I don't care what party you're a part of, you would have been gone. So what is it that's what I don't understand through all of this. Like what is it about this man that he can do and say whatever he wants and there's absolutely zero repercussions for it? The thing is, too, is like how many times have have we heard him say, I never said that. And you can literally like toss up concrete evidence of him saying what he said he didn't say. And he'll still say, I didn't say that. And his team will still say he didn't say that. And people that believe everything he says will still say that he didn't say that. Like we just talked about this in terms of, you know, the whole scandal with U.S. troops and his comments on that. And his comments on John McCain, it's the same thing over and over again. I never called him a loser. Tweet from Trump. McCain is a loser. He's a loser. (laughs) Um. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think this Woodward revelation makes a difference now or in February because, I, I mean, the only people that you can sway are the people who are at this point undecided. And anybody who already knows that they're voting for Biden is not going to have their mind changed by this. Anybody who already knows that they're going to vote for Trump, if they're still on the Trump train, as I've said so many times this year, there's just no hope. They're lost. There's no changing their mind. And 
this just goes to show it's just another example of how divided we are as a country. Um, And it's really going to come down to are there enough people in the middle who are going to be pissed off about this to turn the tide? Yeah. And that's why I think it is effective, actually, that they're really that it's come out now. Um, I did pre-order Bob Woodward's new book to support him because <laughs> uh, I like that Trump Trump still sits down with him for interviews. He released that first book. I can't remember what it was called. It has tons of damning info on the Trump administration. You know, that comes out. Trump is like, you know, mad about that. Then a year or two later, he he sits down for another like at least 10 interviews with Bob Woodward. What is wrong with you? Do you remember what happened last time? He's so desperate to I'm prove himself. I'm shocked the administration still lets him talk to people like Woodward, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he called yeah, Woodward on his that, personal cell phone. That also helped to bring down Nixon, <laughs> by the way. So, you know, but yeah. he just loves attention. He loves the attention. He called him a couple months ago to check on the status of the book. I mean, this is the type of person that we're dealing with. And Woodward is crafty. Like I said, he helped bring down Nixon. Did Trump not think having another conversation or series of conversations with him was going to be his undoing? Right. It's like, who did put the the safety switches on? I saw a tweet about that. Apparently, the administration was blowing up internally, according to the New York Times. They were like, who let let Donald talk to Bob again? (laughs) What? But I'm like dealing with a toddler. I, I agree. Like, oh exactly. my god, who's not? Who hasn't been keeping an eye on Donald? No, who's if, watching him? If, yeah, if they need to put like a a scrambler on top of the White House to fuck with his phone signal, so he can't talk to people on his cell phone. You know who's really upset with Bob Woodward is Michael Cohn because his book is definitely <laughs> yeah, right trash I now compared to what book. Bob's got. I don't give a shit about Michael Cohen. Well, we've been talking a lot about coronavirus. And and I think this next story actually will play into it because uh, it has to deal with, with mental health specifically. And uh, if there's one thing that needs attention, I think, during coronavirus and everything that's been going on, it's a renewed focus on, on mental health. Uh, and this was a story that came out over the course of the last couple of days. And it's, it is sports-related. Um, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott uh, opened up about his battle with anxiety and depression uh, following the death of his brother, Jace, who committed suicide back in April. And that by itself, I think we can all agree, is not an easy subject to open up about to anybody, much less America, the media, and to talk openly and publicly um, about something that serious. Uh, and he said his heightened anxiety and levels of depression were compounded by the isolation of the coronavirus pandemic. And he described feeling feelings that he's never felt before. So even tying it back to the first story about, you know, teeth and people feeling all of this anxiety and and pressure and stress that they've never felt before, I think you can almost relate it when he's saying that he's going through these experiences that where he's feeling feelings that he never knew were even possible. Um, And he went on to say that he's a people person. He's somebody who likes to be around people. He likes to inspire. He likes to put a smile on people's faces day in and day out. And he likes to be a leader. And when that gets taken away because you're forced to quarantine and not be around people and get around people as much as you would like, it's tough. Um, And I think we can all probably sympathize 
with that. We're in the same situation. And that was something else too I, I meant to bring up earlier um, as it relates to Trump. And that is he's affected every single one of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's one thing that he can take to the grave with him is that he has affected every single American in 2020. He loves that. Yeah. So I actually started getting gray hairs, my first gray hairs, um, after he was elected in 2016. (laughs) It was like shocking that it happened like in that quick of succession. Like it was November he got elected. And then in December, I found my first (laughs) gray hair. And I've gotten way Mm. more of them since that time. They're all like clustered at the front of my head. And I blame him for them. I also blame him for my cracked tooth. <laughs> this is why Laura's like, let me test the vaccine. We got to figure this out. <laughs> Seriously. And I have to say, I'm so I'm very introverted by nature. And it's starting to get to me. So I right. cannot imagine what it's like for somebody who's very outgoing and extroverted. It's got to be terrible. Definitely. I mean, I'm introverted as well. And, and I'm starting to feel the effects. And I know we'll talk a little bit about kind of what we're all doing to to keep up our mental health and, and try and distance ourselves at times from all of the bullshit that's going on. Um, now, this would normally be enough to make news by itself, but of course, you have to have somebody out there of notoriety that responds to Dak Prescott really opening up and being honest about his mental health. This was Fox Sports personality, Skip Bayless, who is known for being controversial. But he went as far as to say, I don't have sympathy for him going public with, I got depressed. I suffered depression early in COVID to the point where I couldn't even go work out. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. If you reveal publicly any little weakness, it can affect your team's ability to believe in you in the toughest spots. And it definitely could encourage others on the other side, which I am assuming he's referring to the other football team. Right. To come after you. Now, th- this is just so asinine. I know. I don't know much about sports, but I know this is bullshit. <laughs> it sounds like something Trump would say. Yeah. You have to constantly put up an image of being tough and you have no problems. It, your life is nothing but football and winning the game. It's also like what? kind of toxic masculinity at its finest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, rub some dirt on it. You can't be depressed. You can't show emotion. You're a footballer. Yeah, you're a, right. you're a man. You're a footballer. You're jacked. Yeah, and you know, personally, I feel that it's important when athletes or celebrities or anybody with a level of notoriety speaks out about mental health because you never know who's listening. You never know whose life you could be saving. Um, and just some other athletes that came to mind for me were... You know, Michael Phelps, who has been extremely outspoken, as has Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. They're doing this because they know that there's a lot of other people out there that are going through things that are similar to what they're experiencing. And I think this is the same case here for Dak Prescott, where he recognizes that by opening up, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, that it could have a, a meaningful impact on somebody else. And it's just sad that um, this other headline has to accompany that. And are you telling me that the football players and any team in the locker room or at a restaurant after the game, you know, they're not talking openly about what's going on in their lives to each other? No, they pr- they probably are open with each other. 
about what's going on. They're friends, aren't they? That's what friends do. And they look out for each other. So yeah, this comment was ridiculous. And this guy mm-hmm. honestly should probably be fired over this. The other piece that stood out to me was was the fact that he's the quarterback of quote unquote America's team. Like that should mean something. So because you're on America's team, you can't be open and honest about some of the struggles that you're facing in your life. Right. Because no Americans face struggles in their lives. So you have to be like every American. I think that um, what's challenging a lot of Americans right now is we're finding out just how many of us have mental health issues and how many of us have undiagnosed depression and anxiety amongst other things. And people don't know what to do with it because for the first time, many of us are being, um, you know, really isolated and isolation in any culture is a form of punishment, right? So we're just left with ourselves to our own devices. And if you've never sought help before or had, you know, or seen a professional who was able to sort of highlight what it is you're going through, then you might not even know what symptoms to look for, which is why it's so important for people to speak out and normalize these conversations. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you've been doing during the pandemic to like relax? Um, I, I mean, for me, I lucky I have um, Headspace as an app through work. Uh, so I'm able to use that. Uh, I'm by no means great at meditation, but I think just making sure that it's a practice that I use every day, even if it's only for 10 minutes, it, it definitely has a huge impact, whether it's right before I go to bed or or early in the morning. So it's something that I've just made part of my routine. Uh, and I think on top of that, and again, I'm by no means any good at this, uh, but yoga is definitely something that I've started to do more of. Um, nice. And I th- you just notice... Uh, the impact. I think anything that allows you to clear your mind or to really just position yourself somewhere else mentally, even if it's only for a short period, can go a long way. Um, but that's not to say that it's a substitute if you need actual professional help and you should know that there are plenty of resources out there available to you free if you do need them. Also, Brightmind, I think I've plugged them on the show before, but they've been doing free yearly subscriptions for anyone who signs up um, because of the Mm. pandemic. And I specifically like to recommend them because they have a whole meditation that's about learning how to unclench your jaw. And for those of you (laughs) out here who are breaking your teeth, it's pretty amazing when you actually get to the point where you've got your jaw like truly slack. I mean, I looked like an idiot. But I was like, oh, my God, like I I had no concept of what this felt like before this. So it's really helpful. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you brought up the New York Times story because my mom was literally at the dentist last week and her dentist told her the exact same thing that you brought up. Just the number of people that I don't know if it was all cracked teeth, but just just like TMJ, other things like that related to that part of the body has just been at such high levels. Yeah. And Micah, I know you've also been playing a lot of Animal Crossing too. I have. 
I visited Mike your is, island. You visited mine. Mike has logged a lot of hours in Animal Crossing. I'm watching. <laughs> I watch everybody. You know what I do? I just leave. I leave it on. I'm so lazy. No, you um, don't. Or I just I put it in sleep mode. No, I do it. Put it in. Does sleep mode still log hours? No. Or no. You've just oh, okay. played a lot of Animal Crossing. It's okay. <laughs> My brother just hit 500 hours. You got a lot oh, of sharks. I, I got to catch. For you. I got to catch up with my wingman. Whatever eases your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, I think, pretty much everything I wanted to touch on with that story. I, I know that, you know, Fox Sports did issue a statement in support of Dak Prescott. Um, and then Skip Bayless followed up his comments with nothing that closely resembled um, a, an apology. So, so definitely um, a Trump supporter. <laughs> I didn't say it, but uh, you know some interesting questions that were raised by the media that that really you know I think dove a little bit of another layer deeper. They asked, would Skip have been fired if he was African American and Dak was white, uh, and or would Skip have even made the comments in the first place if Dak was white? Those are tough questions to ask. I'm not expecting answers, but I think they're interesting to. Uh, There's a weird power complex over football players, basketball players, all this apparent outrage over them protesting. Like, you don't have to tell them what to do. They can do what they want. That's what makes America great. You're welcome to protest. Race could very well have been in play here. All right. Well, before we look at some new standards for Oscars eligibility, we're taking a quick break to hear from the sponsor that has given me new standards for what to expect from my shoes. They're Rothy's, and they have quickly grown to a most loved gotta have them brand. That's because they're not only super cute, but they're also sustainable, comfortable, and washable, so perfect for life on the go. I've been rocking my purple Rothy's with baby blue racing stripe for the last couple of years, and these are absolutely my go-to shoe for any occasion. I've worn them to work, black tie events, weddings, and happy hours. And the best part is that Rothy's has kept 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. This checks a lot of boxes for all of the fashion-forward environmental conservationists out there. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L for comfort, style, and sustainability. Ability. They meet to create your new favorite flats. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. So award show season's coming up. Actually, the Emmys are this coming week, and that's going to sort of kick off the whole kit and caboodle for the year. Um, but this year, the Oscars announced that they're looking to add some new eligible eligibility terms for the best picture category. And all of these are aimed at diversifying the movies that get nominated for this category in particular. Hashtag Oscar So White has been a trending topic every year for the past few years. So they're definitely um, trying to run away from that, I think, and they're hoping to do it with these new inclusion standards. So the way this is going to work is that they're going to officially go into effect in 2024, but films will be required to start submitting inclusion standards beginning in 2022. Uh, there are four new categories, but films only need to meet two of the ca categories to qualify to submit their film for the best picture consideration. So, um, 
in terms of the new categories, they range from on-screen representation and themes and narratives to creative leadership and project teams to industry access and opportunities. And then finally, there's one for audience development. So the idea here is that they are kind of touching on all of the main aspects that that go into creating a film from the contents of the story to the people behind the camera to the people up in the, you know, in the studio side of the business side of things, and even down to the um, internship and trade skill opportunities. Uh, So there's a bunch of different categories if you guys want to read up on all of those. Did you guys get a chance to look at these before we recorded? Yeah. And I think the key problem, at least what I've seen online, is that it's pretty easy for films to hit at least one of these and probably at least two of these categories. Because, for example, category C is industry access and opportunities. If you hire a gay PR guy, I think that means you qualify, doesn't it, for that one? Yes. So, like, yeah. at every... You got a box check. Right. So, right. good for you. Know, you. One more to go. And, and the other thing is, like, every PR person is, is gay or has had at least one very gay night in Hollywood because it's Hollywood. So <laughs> right. just no, but I, I think the key issue here is that there these, these bars aren't very hard to clear. Right. Right. And in order to kind of showcase this to all of you guys listening, I prepared a very short little guessing game. Mm. So for best picture in 2019, these were the films that were nominated 1917 Ford V Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, The Irishman, Little Woman, Jojo Rabbit, and Marriage Story. So how many of the following films do you guys think would still qualify to be nominated under these new inclusion standards? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess The Irishman is out. <laughs> Just a feeling. It is very white. Um, I haven't seen all of these or really most of them of these i've only seen parasite and joker i think the point pam's making is that most of these probably do qualify i'm guessing yeah at at the end of the day um all of these will actually qualify still (laughs) yeah so yeah well it's (laughs) even the irishman because these new industry standards also take into account what's going on in the studios and you know behind the scenes so like andrew said there's always a gay guy in pr (laughs) and that clicks a box (laughs) yeah well and i actually had a question for you pam um just looking at like category a about on-screen representation where it's like at least 30 percent of all actors in secondary or minor roles are from at least two underrepresented groups does that mean that they have to actually be shown in the final cut of the film? Or can they argue, hey, we shot with this person, but their scene ultimately got cut? For for category A, I'm pretty sure that they would have to show that they made it into the final cut of the film. But I I guess the the point about it is is that category A really is all for show because, you know, somebody could come in and say, well, we don't have very much representation on camera, but like, look, we meet category C, which is industry access and opportunities. And hey, we also meet category D, which is audience development. So you can have a, a, you know, a Best Picture nominee that's exclusively male and exclusively white, and it wouldn't matter because you've, you've checked two of these boxes behind the scenes. 
So, like, I'm glad they're trying, but they didn't try hard enough. Maybe they need to require that each film clear three of these categories or maybe all four. Right. One of the other important things, too, is like, obviously, this will not make any difference to a larger studio that can clear at least C&D. But where you're really going to see this make a big difference is in like indie movie houses and indie studios, you know, so maybe something like, I don't know, maybe like a like a Moonlight or like a Roma, if Roma was not a Netflix original might not necessarily, you know, make it into the best picture category, because they might not have the resources to to clear some of these standards that are set to go into effect. I guess to me, I'm looking at these and wondering what was the makeup of the group who came up with these criteria? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Who is ultimately responsible for drafting the criteria? Because that's really what will be the most telling of any of this. Because I would hope that you would have a fairly diverse group of people I would even say predominantly of the minorities that you are looking to make sure represented in your film. If that's not the case and it's just a bunch of white people coming up with it, I think that would speak volumes. Right, right. Is that what you're saying, So it is the the, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Board of Directors – Make of that what you will. It's like Steven Spielberg and some other top-notch right. people that you've probably heard of. And and all of those people are very traditionally old school. So I hate to say this, but at the end of the day, this is a lot of just patting themselves on the back for trying but not doing too much to really yeah, solve the and issue. And it's also kicking the can down the road and not addressing the fact that the Academy itself is lacking in diversity. Right. They have, I will say, I will give them credit for kind of making strides in terms of diversifying the voter pool. They've been doing some good work there. There can always be more good work done. But, you know, as far as figuring out how they go about picking these nominees there there's still a lot of work to be done there Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's what really matters right because you can diversify your your voter pool all you want but if the actual titles that get nominated are not diversified then it's not really solving anything great what was this do you want to quiz us on this one real quick too uh, well, I mean, like, I feel like we is it the same answer, that, but but yeah, it's all of them. So my, my second guessing game question was, here's a list of the best picture winners for the past five years. So we have Parasite, Green Book, The Shape of Water, Moonlight and Spotlight. And I was going to have have you guys guess which of them you thought maybe would not qualify. But it turns out that they would all right. still qualify wow. and they would all still that win. Should tell you right there that yeah. this whole system is yeah. stupid. I was reading a an article by Vanity Fair and they were kind of breaking this down and the person that wrote it said that based on the information they could find, the 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 best picture winner that might not have qualified, like the last one they could find that might not have qualified was Braveheart, hmm. which was like fifteen years ago. It would be a Mel Gibson film that didn't yeah, qualify. <laughs> which is like very, very male and very, very white. <laughs> Very, very anti-Semitic. <laughs> right, right, that too. Actor. Anyway. So before we move on to our wrap-up today, we're going to play a game that we haven't played in a while. Uh, we used to call it Fuck, Mary Kill, but 
I don't know. I, I feel like kill is kind of insensitive. Could get us into some yeah, trouble. 2020 is too much of that going on. So Yeah. So I'm thinking we, we rebrand this to fuck, Mary cancel. Okay. Mm. We good with that? That feels more 2020 appropriate. I thought yeah. that was another sponsor that you had in there fuck because Mary it was in <laughs> yellow. Okay. Okay. FMK is a designer brand of shoes. Okay, so I've got a couple of categories for y'all. It's it's going to be a collective, so the three of you are going to have to decide which category they fall into, so it's going to require a little bit of negotiation amongst you. Let's keep Chris Evans out of this, otherwise we know what's going <laughs> to uh, happen. Yeah, or else he would be an automatic fuck. Yeah, no. Dick pics or not. Chris Evans is not one of the choices. Um, Damn. So this is Fuck, Mary Cancel, Pandemic Edition. Um, special for you, my guess, since you have only gotten to join us during the pandemic a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so first category, your choices are Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic. <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens, don't cancel me. She's Joe on Exotic. the Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, she is. I know. And Doc Antle. So three of the main protagonist oh, okay god i had to remember who Doc yeah Ample the was. one who had the <laughs> it's been a long time your dude, sex right? cult oh yeah. man yeah is he like the weird one yes <laughs> I mean, that doesn't help but you know what i mean <laughs> oh god yeah they're all weird okay i mean carol might kill you and feed you to your cat i know so. it's cruel that we can't kill her before she kills us <laughs> yeah. but okay i would marry carol well she's not in jail so you have a good point yeah <laughs> cancel uh doc cancel he's just never sat well he was well the with one me. who had then, all the uh the women right yeah and then i would i would fuck joe exotic i'm not proud of that he's kind of disgusting but <laughs> are you gonna be his gay, fourth husband so... <laughs> 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 no i will not marry him how about you two I thought this was a communal choice. Well, yeah, I know, but I yeah. had to, I wanted to give my own answers. Though. Yeah, but oh, you know what? Okay. Though I think that maybe that would be the right way to go. Mary I'm, I'm thinking about canceling Carol, but I mean, now she's trying to just make as much money as she can. Which you know, who can blame her? Dancing but with then the stars. You could be her sugar baby. That is true, but then she, yeah. what would happen to us? We don't know. One bad night, and we end up like her husband. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Fed to She's the tigers. Cameo. But maybe all the not- notoriety, more cameras are on her. People would notice if we start disappearing. That's true. <laughs> That's true. She can't commit the same crime twice. Mm. Or can she? Or has she? <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll, agree, so we'll sounds- agree with you, Andrew. We're good. Yeah. 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 Sounds like we've reached a conclusion. Okay. Second category. Uh, your choices are Clorox, Dr. Fauci. And Stella Emmanuel, who, if you don't recall, that is the demon sperm doctor. Oh. Oh. Well, she, okay. I would definitely cancel her. Yeah, she's getting canceled for sure. (laughs) Okay. Gotta marry Clorox because that shit is helpful. You know? Doesn't talk back. Rich, Clorox is loaded. In this in this climate, you're gonna need all the Clorox you can get too. You know, sanitize everything. You you would never have to worry about a UTI if you're having sex with Clorox. It does not work yeah, that or, way. <laughs> for, or fertility or having reproductive organs. It was a joke about killing germs <laughs> yeah. and no infection. And what was the third? Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Oh, yeah, would definitely fuck him. 
I don't know. Clorox, you wouldn't really have to have a relationship with Clorox. It's just like an inanimate object. So that might be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Except for when you have your wild keggers, you want to make sure to have a bottle of Clorox on hand for that. Mm-hmm. I'm into daddies, but Fauci is too old for me. You know, I I have my limits. Clorox is young and sexy. So you're right. Fauci is just one and done and, and we can move on to Clorox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. My final answer Fauci? was fuck Fauci. <laughs> but in a good way, not in a yeah. fuck off way. I, I personally find Dr. Fauci very marriageable, but that's just me. Well, he has a wife, Laura. I know. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, and then the final one, I thought we would do pandemic phrases that we're all tired of hearing. So you have to decide if you're fuck marrying or canceling one of these three. Uh, first phrase, new normal. Second phrase, unprecedented times. And third phrase, let's hop on a Zoom. <laughs> oh, boy. Jewel says cancel them all. <laughs> yeah. Let's fuck the new normal. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the way I said that, we're, we're canceling it, but. It turns you on. Right. The new normal turns you let's on. Let's cancel like, Zoom. Like, yeah, social distancing. Because I'm tired of it. Me too. And all the meetings that come along with it. And then that leaves us to marry. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. No. These are unprecedented times. It's loyal to you. I would marry the new normal and fuck the unprecedented times because I'm fucking tired of them. (laughs) I would marry unprecedented (laughs) times because it's loyal. It's been around for a while. It hasn't let us down. You know, doesn't cheat on you. All right. Well, I don't know if we reached an agreement no, there, but I think, I think we, we just go with Jewel and it's say cancel enough. them all. Yeah, right. I'll I'll allow it for this one category. We can cancel all of those and really any other pandemic related phrasing. I'm good with it. Okay. Well, that was a tricky one. We almost went with fuck Mary Karen, right? Yeah, if but we're gonna I deem somebody a Karen. No, oh. I like the cancel one. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that would work all the time, you know? Like, for some categories, it could. I just wanted to show people how clever we are. (laughs) All right, before we head to recommendations to close out the show, we just wanted to say that this episode of Millennial has been sponsored by listeners like you. If you need plenty of content to stay entertained during the rest of the pandemic, we recommend our $5 support level to gain access to our flagship benefit after dark, the Millennial Variety Show, our exclusive Discord channel to chat with the hosts and each other during live broadcasts and so much more. There are probably thousands, well, maybe not thousands of minutes. Yeah, thousands of minutes at thousands this point. Thousands of minutes yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is simply just a ton of content to enjoy from all the way back in 2015 before we knew what was going to happen in 2020. Before Mike had quit the show. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's plenty over true. there to keep you entertained. Um, And we're really, really thankful to everybody who supports the show, whether you are a monthly subscriber or a yearly subscriber. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. And today. Yeah. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. Micah doesn't see any of the money because he left us. Um, But by the way, speaking of Patreon, in After Dark today, we are going to continue our AMA segment from last week. We have more questions to get to. So stay tuned for that. Um, Laura or sorry, Pam and I weren't prepared 
in that we didn't review the questions beforehand. And I think that's Jeez. the same situation for this week. So wasn't no, that the point? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You know, we weren't is. supposed to look at them yeah. anyway. But okay. but then I regretted it because I wanted to really think about my answers. I wanted to Ooh, give people good answers. We can't so, sound intellectual and intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> no, we totally do on the fly. So anyway, <laughs> we'll get through the remainder of those questions this week. So again, that's at patreon.com slash millennial. It's time now for recommendations. I want to recommend Coca-Cola's flavored seltzers. We've spoken about LaCroix. We've spoken about Spindrift. But I wanted to call out AHA seltzers by Coke because they're actually trying to do some unique flavors. All these other ones, they're all the fucking same. Lime, lemon, you know, grapefruit. Okay, we get it. You know, they're all doing the same thing. But AHA seltzers are these interesting combos. So they got lime and watermelon, strawberry and cucumber, blueberry and pomegranate, orange and grapefruit, citrus and green tea. That one's caffeinated. I've been drinking it today. Um, a bunch of other ones, too. I just really appreciate that they're trying to actually do some new flavors and doing these fun combos. So if you want to shake up your seltzers, uh, definitely check out AHA seltzers. And again, just like LaCroix that Laura is sipping tonight. It's zero calories. It's no sweeteners. It's mm-hmm. no sodium. Well, you shouldn't we're, shake I'm telling them up. you, we're Not like that. Don't shake but them like, up. But like if I'm you want to shake day, them we're gonna up, hear that... you can shake them up, but just don't physically shake them up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If you want to... Yes, yes. Okay, good one, Micah. I'm trying to protect um, you against future lawsuits. Somebody shakes up. <laughs> okay. um, I'm telling you that all these seltzers are too good to be true. One day we're going to find out that these cause cancer or something because I just... I love them. Since they're guilt free. Can't they just be good for you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if they're good for you, but they're not bad for you. Can't you just allegedly. enjoy them? Yeah, I try, but everything disappoints me in time. So I'm just waiting for seltzers to do the same. Wow, Andrew, that was bleak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have a recommendation for all of my Georgia peeps, especially if you're like an Atlanta metro area inhabitant. Uh, pontoon Brewing. Ooh. has a I don't know if we can really call it a beer like I guess it's technically a beer but it's called tropical cluster slush super fruit and they spell super with two o's and fruit with two o's come at me I don't give a shit it's a dumb name but this stuff is fucking delicious it literally tastes like you're drinking fresh pineapple juice which is super dangerous because you can easily, on a hot day, go through their very large cans of uh, a few of these. And it'll get you drunk. <laughs> but it tastes really good. It's not calorie free. When you were starting to talk about your, your hometown, I thought we were going to hear about the... Um, what was that series that just came back to Netflix? Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. Did you talk about that on the show? I did, yeah. And how I actually got caught in traffic behind the GBI that day. Such a sad story. I didn't do it. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to recommend the studio cast recording for Six the Musical, which came out two years ago, um, but I finally got around to listening to it. It's uh, really fun. The concept of this musical, for anybody that doesn't know, is that it's all six of King Henry VIII's ex-wives, and they're like kind of pop divas and they just like put on this concert and talk about why they got the axe and it's super fun 
So That's I would cool. recommend checking that out. And there's a lot of wordplay in there as well. So if you're a big history buff and you're into the tutors and stuff like that, there's a lot of little fun Easter eggs in there. So check that out if you haven't yet. Nice. Yeah. So all this uh, talk about drinks made me think about um, a beer recommendation. I know it is. It's pumpkin season, right? Officially. So mm -hmm. everybody loves everything pumpkin. And uh, I'll admit, I, I enjoy a good pumpkin beer. But uh, one I had recently from a Southern Tier Brewing Company. It's a beer called Warlock. No Harry Potter references, just Warlock. I can see why it caught your eye. Uh, and uh, it's an Imperial Pumpkin Stout. And I never had a pumpkin Ooh. stout before. I'm a big stout fan, but uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend it as we head into uh, the fall, into Halloween time. And uh, I got it as a gift for my birthday, uh, and it was definitely uh, those four bottles are, are no longer around. Well, that sounds more interesting than the recommendation that you wrote down in the doc. It just says books. Yeah, all those behind me right books. <laughs> Every single one of them on Micah's bookshelf. Yeah, that sounds great. I love me some stouts. If you have any feedback about today's show, email it in millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Don't forget about our confessional as well, where you can submit your deepest, darkest secrets. You too can admit that you looked at the Chris Evans pick. Also, follow us on social media. We're a millennial show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're about to get started with After Dark doing this AMA. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Micah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.